radioinfluence.com. Carrie Lake delves into her just released debut book, Unafraid, Just Getting Started, that outlines the incredible journey culminating in her leading the largest conservative grassroots movement in Arizona history on this episode of United Patriots Uprising with Gary Benford. I'm your host, Gary Benford. Thanks for joining us. This podcast is available at RadioInfluence.com or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Hope you'll subscribe to it, leave a rating and a review, and be sure to tell your friends about the show. It started quite innocently. From newscaster to broadcast journalist, but it didn't remain that way. Walking away from the media after 27 highly successful years, beginning the bid for governor of Arizona, her David and Goliath primary campaign, the treasured endorsement from President Donald J. Trump, the 2022 general election campaign events that led to the sabotage Arizona election. It's all chronicled in her book. So let's get into it. She's visual, vocal, and doesn't back down. There's no quit in her game, no shame in her game. And that's a good thing for we the people for constitutional America. A nationally recognized champion for the America First movement, her debut book shares an exclusive, uncensored, inside look into her incredible ride. When we look back, this may be just a few chapters in the big picture. For as President Trump likes to say, the best is yet to come. (laughs) A powerful voice for the silent majority who fights back against the relentless assault on freedom and liberty by the radical left, the author of the brand new book, Unafraid, Just Getting Started. I welcome to the show, Carrie Lake. How are you, Carrie? Goodness, that was great. I'm doing great, Gary. That was a beautiful introduction. Thank Thank you. you Thank you very much. And I, I do these because it's important that you get your due. And boy, what a fighter you've been. And I'd like to start here. President Trump wrote the forward to the book. And in it, he recalls the first time he took notice of your movement. So much of the book is about how President Trump has inspired you, both personally and politically. Can you please tell us about that? Well, actually, I met President Trump for the first time back in um, 20, I think it was 2020, 2019. I can't remember. As a journalist, I was a 30-year career broadcast journalist, and he granted me an interview, an exclusive interview. I treated him fairly, which was unlike most journalists, unfortunately. Most of them were out to get him. And I treated him fairly. He granted me another exclusive interview uh, about uh, six, seven months later. But I don't think he remembered me. And then I jump into politics after I walked away from my career. And we were at um, a rally, uh, an election integrity rally. All of the gubernatorial candidates on the Republican ticket were there. And when he called my name out, introducing each and every one of us, the place went wild. I mean, the doors blew off the place it was just a beautiful love that I got from the crowd. And, and it was because we have had a relationship 
people of Arizona and I, for 27 years, I was in their home and they trusted me and I trusted them. And I, um, when I decided to run for office at their urging, they were very excited about it. So I think President Trump saw that and went, whoa, what is going on? Who is this woman? Right. And um, it was a month after that, he talks about it in the foreword, that he first took notice of me. A month later, I found myself in New York City sitting right across from him at his desk. And he was talking to me about um, getting behind me and supporting me and endorsing me. And it really was um, the start of something great. I think it was a God moment. I think God helped um, give me the courage to walk away from my broadcast career and, and ushered me into politics. And I am just honored to be able to call President Trump a friend. I have immense respect for him as a man, as a leader, as somebody who has given up so much and a fighter, a fellow fighter. We both have a lot in common in that we work hard and we care so much about our country and our state. And then to have our elections rigged and stolen. Uh, I know what that feels like. He knows what that feels like. And we're both not willing to back down. We have to reform our elections and take our country back. I hear you. Now, do you do you get inspiration from him along those lines like that when it when the time we'll get into how tough it really got during the gubernatorial race. But when you when you when when the tough and, and when the pressure and the media and everything was mounting and pressing on you, was he one of the inspirations? Because the one of the main things I always talk about that he really wasn't to me. First off, I believe he, he was a, a God sent as president and he couldn't govern but what he had to do was level the playing field to take on the disingenuous mainstream media to take on political correctness and right. to take on and and expose this marxist movement that was the undercurrent of the united states uh, belly of the united states and in taking on the media and taking on political correctness he had you know all forces of evil went against him so he had to fight is th th did you get anything from that Oh, absolutely. I, you know, I was a journalist when he came down the escalator and I remember hearing people in the newsroom and other people around me going, oh, this is terrible. He's a racist. And, you know, they were just losing their mind. And I thought, what are they talking about? I, I didn't get to see it, it happen live when he came down and made the announcement. So I went um, back home that night and, and looked it up and found the speech. I found him come down the escalator. I watched the whole thing and I said, are you kidding? This man is speaking my language. Finally, somebody who gets what's happening, who understands what the average American is thinking. And he came down that escalator and breathed new life into the Republican Party, the Republican Party, which was on life support after these rhinos like George W. Bush and John McCain, who just all they just did was beat the drum, uh, the drums of war and lead us into endless wars and um, never really cared much about the people in this great country. I was so encouraged by him and I'm encouraged by him every day that he stands up and takes another hit for us. I mean, I'm in, in a similar way, I'm, I'm fighting for uh, the people of Arizona and really uh, people of America to reform our elections. And, you know, just the other day I got hit with a lawsuit from the people that I'm exposing their corruption. And now they're trying to sue me and play lawfare. And it's not fun. But every time I even begin to feel sorry for myself or begin to feel down, I think of President Trump and go, wow, he's got it worse. He's been dealing with this longer. Eight years of nonstop incoming by the fake news media attacking him, slandering him, defaming him, trying to put little worms in people's brains so that they'll hate him. And he has had to continually push back, even before 
people realized what was really going on. We needed President Trump to come down that escalator, just like we needed Ronald Reagan when we got him after you know four dismal years of Jimmy Carter. We needed a, a very optimistic a positive person with that Midwestern charm to come in and let America know it's going to be okay. We're going to get through this. They called Reagan the great communicator. We needed him. Now we need the great fighter, the great deal maker. We got President Trump exactly what we needed, a brash, bold New Yorker, a bull in a China shop. We needed someone to come in and shake us out of our slumber because we had gotten complacent. And we were in a deep slumber, not realizing what was happening in this world and in America. And he woke us up. And I know it's been difficult because this has been a wake up call that's been a shocker for a lot of people. But we are closer than we have ever been to taking our country back. We're closer today than we were yesterday or a month ago or a year ago. We just have to continue going down this path, standing up, using our voice and fighting for our country. Yes, indeed. And Terry, it it sure looks like you followed his path uh, because what he did nationally, this is what happened with you in Arizona. Now, I want to take you back in the day because uh, you were journalists. And uh, by the way, I was a journalist. I, I, I interviewed President Trump twice. I was a sports writer in New York. Oh, when wow. He owned, when he owned the uh, the uh, New Jersey Generals of the United States. Uh, the United States Football League. In fact, he had right. Herschel Walker. And so I've talked to President Trump when he was Donald Trump a couple times. So I want to take you back in the day. And in fact, if you were ever at a Phoenix Suns, New York Knicks game in Phoenix between the years of 1984 and 1992, I was in that arena sitting at the press table because the New York Knicks were my beat. Oh, so, wow. I want to take you back in the day, back into that time. What would you have said if someone had told you your future would include a deep dive into the political arena that would make you one of the more recognizable national names running and winning, as we know, the governorship of Arizona, being a relentless warrior for election integrity and being on the conservative America's shortlist as a candidate for even more influential positions? If somebody... 25 years ago it told you this is where you'd be now what would you have said uh i would have said put down hunter's crack pipe (laughs) wait a minute that can't be you know my life has been i i I come from rural iowa and and in my book i talk about first time i ever heard about president trump i was probably 10 years old maybe um maybe a little bit older i was i recall watching my my parents didn't let us watch tv so when i babysat once i put the kids down um you know put them to sleep i would watch tv and i remember watching lifestyles of the rich and famous and seeing donald trump who Who's this man, Donald Trump and his beautiful wife and his gorgeous family and this huge skyscraper in New York. And here I live on a gravel road in Iowa thinking, oh, my gosh, this is such an amazing life. And I've always um, been interested in how people find success. I, I want to know people's stories, their path to where they are. That's why I became a journalist. If you would have told me back then. Hey, Carrie, you know, a young girl, Carrie, you see that guy there in that big tower in New York City? One day you're going to be friends with him. You're going to be sitting in that tower with him. You're going to be in the middle of a political movement with him and other America First uh, folks. And you're going to help change the world. I I just it's too big. I couldn't have imagined it. But when I was little and I chronicle this in the book as well. 
Um, I, I think, I don't know if we're about the same age, but we, I grew up at a time when your parents would say, go outside and play and don't come back until it's, you know, until dinner time or it's mm-hmm. dark. <laughs> so we got kicked out of the house to go play outside a lot. And I remember when I was about 10, I lived um, out in the country, lots of grass and farmland and, you know, farm animals and cornfields. And I was just laying in the grass. I was looking up. And in Iowa, you know, the planes are real small because they're not landing. They're just flying over. And I saw this little tiny plane and I thought, wow, someday I'm going to be on an airplane. I don't, you know, at the time I'd never been on a plane before. And I thought, someday I'm going to be on an airplane. And at that moment, this feeling enveloped me. And I can only describe it as God coming, coming into my being and saying, you are going to be on an airplane and you are going places. You are going places. Something big is going to happen. And I just as soon as that happened, that feeling left, but it gave me great comfort. And it got me through many times in my life where I had self-doubt or, you know, naturally as a young person, you'll be have self-doubt or maybe lack some self-confidence. And I would always remember that moment where God told me, you're doing something, you're going places. Now, I thought when I had my wonderful, successful career in broadcasting, that that's when I was there at that moment and pinnacle of my career, I thought, oh, that's what God meant. He gave me this beautiful career. He gifted me with the abilities and the talents to work in this field. Now I'm beginning to realize that that was just one stop Mm -hmm. on the path that God has. I never imagined when I walked away from my broadcast career, I walked away uh, at the top of my game. I walked away from a seven figure contract because I just couldn't lend my voice and my soul, my reputation if the news wasn't going to be honest. And that's how I ended up in politics. The people of Arizona said, would you please run for office? We, We want you to run for office. So I would have never imagined that when I closed that chapter, that God would open up such a huge chapter, an important chapter, because we're in pivotal times. We're in pivotal times in American history, and frankly, I believe in human history. And I am just um, thankful to God that he placed me here at this moment and all of us. It tells me that he believes that we are the people to guide us and lead us through this tumultuous time. And I understand I'm just, what you mean. I'm listening yeah. to what God's telling yeah, you. You have to. You have to, because he'll open doors that can't be closed. Now, in your book, Unafraid, Just Getting Started, uh, why did you write it? And you have some extremely interesting chapter names, like Take This Job and Shove It, David versus <laughs> Goliath, Trump in Heels, Crash Landing Inside the Fake News. Can you please uh, give us uh, people an idea of what some of the chapters are about and why you wrote a book in the first place? Well, I I honestly, you know, I'm new to politics, even though we led a movement and led the greatest campaign in the country, I believe. um, I'm still new to politics, but I'm not new to to human beings. I understand people. And I think my job as a journalist uh, gave me great insight into um, the needs of people and relating to people. And I wanted this book to be right from the heart. Most people I'm finding, I'm learning in politics, if they write a book uh, like Ron DeSantis, it's usually written by a consultant and it's their uh, push into running for uh, office. A, a higher office. That was not my intent at all. As a matter of fact, when I was asked to write a book, a couple of publishers came to me and said, would you write a book? Um, 
I was in a dark place. Our election, our victory had just been stolen from us. I wasn't thinking about running for office. I had just run for office and it had just been taken from us. And I thought I'm in too dark of a place to write a book. But I, I started, I sat down and I started typing and I found it to be very therapeutic and cathartic. And um, I wanted it to be a book where you could pick it up at any moment. You could just open it up to any chapter and start the book. Cause I'll do that. I'll be in a bookstore and I just open it up in the back and start reading. And you can truly do that. Any chapter is, is, uh, you know, kind of its own, its own story. Um, but I wanted this book to just chronicle where I came from, how I ended up where I am when I had um, some very big moments in my faith that actually were turning points in my life and how we can save our country. President Trump has given us, um, what all we need to know about where we're going with America first policies, we can turn this nightmare around. We've, for a long time, we've, we've had politicians, uh, as usual, m- lining their own pockets, concerned more about their own special interests and the interests of the people. And when President Trump came on the scene, he showed us that we have to put America first America first, America first policies in place to save our country. So I'm really excited. I love the names of the chapters that they describe perfectly. One of them inside the fake news talks about my career and how what, what happens in the news, how they make fake news. And then the next chapter is flipping the script on the fake news where I learned that when I ran for office, I could with my knowledge of the media actually turn the cameras on them and expose them for what they're doing to our country. And I think we did a pretty good job at that when I was running. A lot of viral clips came out of our campaign showing people exactly how uh, these operatives work in the fake news. Yeah, absolutely. And I would even say that, Carrie, about uh, lawsuits, because the more lawsuits people like you and President Trump get hit with, the more people find out what's going on because the news is being suppressed and you get to, through a lawsuit, tell your side. That's and right. Hopefully that gets out, you know. So speaking That's of telling. True, but, yeah. but I, I want to say this because okay. I know that these things are draining. They drain your money. You know, and, and thankfully people want us to fight and they've, they've donated to our Save Arizona Fund. But, you know, lawyers don't pay for themselves. And President Trump, think how many millions of dollars he's had to spend in lawyers fees because of these bogus witch hunts and uh, lawsuits. It's really not uh, fair. And they, and as part of election interference, they want to drain his coffers. Meanwhile, these other guys, these other guys are running and they don't have the same problems. So trying to tear him down because they are so afraid of him getting back in office and turning over all the stones of corruption and revealing the people for who they are and actually getting justice for the American people. They will do whatever they can to stop him. And I'm glad that he will stand up and fight. I hear you. Now, final question here. Uh, Where do you stand with the governorship situation in Arizona, the election steal, and what do you foresee as your future aspirations? Well, we filed an intent to appeal our case. Um, We have a a great case with solid evidence and solid data. We just haven't had a judge that has the courage to do the right thing. But we're going to appeal our case. Uh, Now I'm being sued by the election officials who ran a um, just an awful, corrupt, sabotaged election. They're suing me for defamation, which is unbelievable, trying to take away our First Amendment rights. And so we got to fight that case. And I'm going to keep moving forward on that. You know, in 1916, a fraudulent 
governor was put in office in Arizona. And the rightful winner, the duly elected governor fought, he fought in the courts and it took one full year, but the, the courts finally did the right thing. They removed the fraudulent governor and they put in the duly elected governor. So it has happened before. These fights are not happening on our timetable. They're happening on God's timetable. And I'm willing to stay in the fight, even though there were many Republicans who told me to just back away and don't fight it, run for office again. We have to reform our elections or we will not have a country. And that's why I'm fighting. Um, so that's what's happening with my case. I am looking at potentially running for office, maybe in the Senate seat, the U.S. Senate seat in Arizona. We have two people running right now, Kirsten Cinema, who votes with Joe Biden 95% of the time. And then we have a Marxist who's running on the Democrat ticket, mm-hmm. who would be a complete threat to Arizona. And so I'm looking at that as well. I really want to see President Trump get reelected because I know with him in office, we can turn things around and get on solid footing. And I want my kids to have a future. And I know with him uh, at the helm, we'll be heading in the right direction. Hey, thank you, Carrie. We're all behind you. Before you go, please tell people how they can reach you and how they can get your book. You can find my book at carrylake.com. You can find it on amazon.com. You can find it on Barnes and Noble. It just came out yesterday. We were number one on Barnes and Noble. We, I think we were number one on a couple of the sales charts on Amazon. This is a good book. I promise you, have you ever read one of those books where you're one, two, three, four pages in and you're kind of like, when am I going to be hooked into this? I just can't get hooked into it. I promise you from the very first word, the very first sentence, you're going to be hooked. President Trump wrote a beautiful foreword and um, and the prologue called Crash Landing will get you hooked and you will be hooked right to the end. I put 48 pages of photos from our amazing movement. This movement was never about me. It's always been about we the people and we the people hold the power in this country. Our government belongs to us, not the other way around. And our government has gone completely corrupt and the people will not take it much longer. We're gonna fight to take this country back and I'm just honored to be in the fight with you and everybody else. So go order the book, I promise you'll love it. It's a page turner. Carrie, I am honored that you came on. Thank you very much. You are a fighter for we the people. Continue the fight and God bless you and your family. Thank you, God bless you and thanks for having me. You are very welcome. There you have it everyone, Carrie Lake. I want to thank Carrie Lake for not backing down, for keeping up the good fight, for taking up the mantle for we the people, for continuing to point a searing spotlight on the election fraud that must be eradicated prior to the 2024 elections. And if you thought I already had forgotten, no, I didn't. I'm truly appreciative of Carrie for sharing her life and her thoughts on this broadcast. This podcast is available for download at RadioInfluence.com or wherever you get your favorite podcasts. Hope to subscribe to it, leave a rating and a review, and be sure to tell your friends about the show. If you're listening for the first time, we hope you'll check out the podcast archive located on the page. There you can hear previous guests, including Judge Janine Pirro, Monica Crowley, Mike Lindell, Brigitte Gabriel, Diamond and Silk, Pastor Jack Hibbs, Naomi Wolf, Ben Carson, Tom Holman, Peter Navarro, Kevin Sorbo, Lieutenant General Michael Flynn, Brandon Tatum. That's all for now, friends. Thanks for joining us. So until the next time, this is your host, Gary Benford, saying God bless you, God bless your families, 
and God bless America.